attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments made about a young girl with a psychotic mother who seeks revenge on the world by destroying all the beautiful people around her are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Melissa Rivers? Can we talk? <laughs> Yeah, once again, we pulled a fast one. Thought we were going to carry. See what he did? See what you did there? Hey, we went to Joan Rivers. Sometimes we zig when you think we're going to zag. You know that Joan Rivers does not like it when you pick on Melissa. She is a tiger mom. Is she, that right? Yeah. She will find us. I have to admit, I found her stand-up funny in the past, but her whole reality TV career, completely yeah. oblivious. I have no idea what's going on with And her. when you learn more about where she came from and, and her career, I mean, it really was... Pretty impressive. Very impressive and a real seminal female comedian and I hear the documentary is awesome oh that's right yeah. there is one out there that one yeah. and the Rickles one I gotta get out and see I've, I've seen I hey seen there hockey one. puck <laughs> yeah I, I, I wish I was born in, in Hollywood during a time where, hey, their hockey puck made your career. Yeah, and that right. was enough. Yeah. yeah. That was enough? Red Skelton's school of, of funny walks. Didn't he do, like, walking upstairs? That was a, an hour-long bit that he had. He'd be, like, the I, last guy to still do, like, an old hobo clown. Yeah. And that was enough. <laughs> now uh, hobo clown is strictly the circus. What was the pelican he used to do? He used to do a pelican? Or a seagull. He did a seagull. That was his character, Red Skelton seagull. I don't know. Seymour or something. Well, somebody write in. Yes. <laughs> we'll do the, we'll do the uh, old movie show here. <laughs> but right now, it's the uh, movie showcast, part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire, and you are tuned into that. I was thinking of the immortal words of Socrates, who said, I drank what? You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, special guests, and more. You can expect that in the next hour or so as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. Catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and if you want to see the sausage being made, we're up on YouTube as well. Search the movie Showcast or the movie guys and we come right up. And don't forget, we're also available on badtomato.fm, Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern. And if you like what you hear on the showcast, please subscribe, tell your friends, share, and like posts and videos and all that stuff at the Movie Guys on Twitter and on Facebook and YouTube, wherever you find us. Now, my name is Paul Preston. I'm your host here as ever with Lee Caius and Karen Volpe. Later in the show, director and musician Robin Mountjoy will be joining us. Ooh. And yeah. Steve Gutenberg will call <gasps> the in. Goots. It's very the cool. Goots. We oh don't call God. him the Goots, do we? Why not? We are we do now. Yeah. Is it the Goot I, or the Goots? I call the him the Glutes. The Glutes. Of course, we are attracted. That's a that that's the thing. I'm just saying. I call him the pelvis. What is that? Oh, that's a that's a poster for bad, bad medicine. medicine. So Steve Gutenberg, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, this will be our first phone call in the Admirals Club. We yes. rigged out of here recently, and our first big-time celebrity, so we're excited to talk to him. Plus, <clears throat> another big special guest at the end of the show, so that's going to be cool. Ooh. And sitting oh. in this week with full microphone capabilities is Jamie Clark Gelvington. Hi. What's right. it like to be on this side it of the wall? It sounds so different. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> You're closer to the sausage being made. Oh, you know? my God. Isn't that frightening? Hey, you know, Jamie is the voice in the back of the Admiral's Club making sense of everything we say and correcting us as necessary <laughs> and required. Uh, now she's sitting in for the whole show as Adam continues to recover from back surgery. Now, what is opening this weekend in theaters? We'll tell you, as we do every week, with our signature movie previews. First up, however, will Matthew McConaughey get out of his date with, with Reese Witherspoon in The Escape Plan? <laughs> oh, wait. No, Paul, that's not right. <laughs> What's that? No, that's not right. That's a romantic comedy. It's going to be in development in 2015. Oh, again, you are right, Jamie. All right. You are good. That's why we have you here. Escape plan uh, without the the. 
Is oh, is that the difference? Pri- that's the whole yeah, difference. The, ex- wow. the escape plan is a romantic See, comedy. I thought the escape plan starring Matthew McConaughey was about how he gets out of his shirt. <laughs> he doesn't need a plan. He got yeah, it. exactly. He, There's <laughs> plenty of people that will assist him in that. Yeah, he wakes up and goes to bed without a shirt. He, it's in the, the, the tough parts of putting one on. <laughs> anyway, this escape plan is... a whole is, movie called uh, Captured, where he wakes up with a shirt on. He doesn't know, how the hell do I get this off? Yeah. Uh, this the is a prison break film, oh. Escape Plan, Okay, with Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Plus, The weekend brings us a political drama ripped from today's <laughs> internet headlines, so you know it's true. The Fifth Estate, and later in the show... Pick you up after school. The other kids, they think I'm weird. Carrie, favorite poem? Did you bring one? I don't want to be. I want to be normal. Wipe that smile off your face. I have to try and be a whole person. And we all know what happens when it's too late. Mm. You know, at the very beginning, not? it sounded like the growl from one of the guys, the gozer from... I was just going to say. Right? It's full, like... Full hard, disclosure, right? that was the MGM lion. Oh! Uh, the beginning like, of the trailer. That's why it sounds like Ghostbusters. <laughs> what, wait, is that what what that was? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was the sound effects from the movies of like her being possessed. Oh, yeah. Who brought the dog? Who brought the dog? It's the beginning Some of the trailer before like she's been Some idiot brought a cougar to a party and it went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> How many people do you think go into this movie not knowing the story of Carrie? I, mean, I hope it's, a lot. It's I been 30 it. plus years. I mean, now oh. there's got to be a whole bunch of people who don't know. Well, there was, a re- there was a remake in the early 2000s, I think. They already did it once. Jamie. And then there was there Carrie 2, The Rage. Yeah. That was like... Uh, Saitha Rage. The new, it's like a new Carrie. Can you tell me the name of the actress who starred in that? <sighs> Which one? The first or the The second? Rage... Carrie too. Putting the Carrie. woman right on the spot, right. Well, I'll the tell very you this: whoever time. she was, I saw yeah. her on Broadway in a production of *The Lion in Winter*, oh, yeah. and she was great. Emily oh, cool. Burgle. That's it. Check oh my god! Yeah, well, yeah. I think it's, I think that's it. Yeah. Woo. I had to dig. I had to dig deep. No that phone. No nothing. Nothing. There. Pulled that out of nowhere. Wow. Full on. And then I felt bad that the movie tanked because even if it, uh, you know, did modest business, she'd keep being in movies because I thought she was quite good on stage. Is I mean, that the one that on came out in the mid '80s when Hollywood was playing up on the the communist Red Scare and they they spelled Carrie with a K backwards? That's not it at all. Okay. <laughs> in fact. That what? never happened. That never happened. <laughs> At all. That happened in your creepy Arkansas world. But remember back in the mid-80s, like, there was always some communist slant to everything. Yes. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. There was a movie with like all the brothers of famous people that had that <laughs> had that K thing. In it. Yeah. Oh, what was it called? Spelling America with a K, Jamie. are we? Maybe that was it. <laughs> Maybe that it was it. It might have been America, America yeah. backwards. Yeah, it was like one of the Baldwins, but not Alec. I'm going to find and, this out. By the end. So like how many that. carries have there been? Well, now it sounds There's like three. actually been three. Technically three, three. Okay. And, and a, a sequel. sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. For crying out loud. Three and a sequel. That's one four? was a TV, I think, made for TV. I think oh, it was. Okay. I auditioned yeah. for Carrie the Musical. Did you? Yeah. Um, mm. I haven't seen much about it after that. I don't know if they're still doing it. Did out you here. go to like a, an audition and it was just a room full of women with red paint all over their heads, yeah, just sitting around just waiting? They were just dripping. <laughs> it was. It was interesting. I was auditioning for the Crazy Mother. So. Oh. Well, that was interesting. Who played the Crazy Mother? In the original? Yeah. Piper Laurie. That's true. Man, you are on fire, Jamie. Fire! <laughs> She's a crazy woman. She prepared. She's All right, outside let's, uh, let's... looking at IMDb yeah, exactly. for the show. Just let's end this tomfoolery. We have right. entirely new tomfoolery Ooh. to engage oh, good. in. good. As we preview our first film of the upcoming weekend. Enough of your mumbling, Vin Diesel. Let the old <laughs> master show you how to be indecipherable. <laughs> to show them how to throw the discos. <laughs> <laughs> That when oh he God. was governor, at some point he had to say that. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. You want to hear that again? Yeah, it's great.
To show them how this rose it is cooked. Hey, okay, wait. Let's let's do this. Let's pretend we're having a budget meeting, and I'm uh, one of the people going. Um, Mr. Schwarzenegger, can you explain to me how we can budget to keep our schools open for the fiscal year? Well, just I'm going to open the floor to both Sylvester Stallone yes. and Arnold Schwarzenegger okay. and Vin Diesel to respond to that. Because Sylvester Stallone, who are you? Who am you? To show them how this rose it is I think that everyone would vote on that. It would definitely pass. <laughs> Let's talk about escape plan. Karen? Well, here's a movie that looks like itself. <laughs> escape plan brings together the 80s action dream team of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Or for the younger demographic, it teams up the star of The Expendables and the former governor of California. <laughs> In Escape Plan, Sylvester Stallone plays Breslin, an expert at breaking out of jail who's falsely imprisoned. Is there any other kind of imprisonment? Not anymore. Mm -hmm. Not in films. Falsely. Breslin meets up with another man in prison, Emil Rotmayer, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who can help him. Yes, Hollywood would like you to buy Arnold Schwarzenegger as a guy named Emil. <laughs> this, hasn't, this much hasn't been asked of us since Stallone played a guy named Gabe in Cliffhanger. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So I ask you, Paul, are you Team Breslin or Team Rotmare? Mm. Basically, think sneakers, except Stallone plays Robert Redford and Arnold Schwarzenegger is in the movie for some reason. <laughs> so people hire you to break into their places to make sure no one can break into their places? It's a living. Okay. Lee that, wanted us to play the sneakers drop. That is from Because sneakers. that's what Robert Redford does. Yeah, well, he breaks the same, yeah. same job. Yes, exactly. And sneakers I, is about breaking into prisons and great. stuff to prove that they can be broken into, and that's what Stallone does. Right? And I got a break from the script for just a second to say that is a fantastic movie. That's oh, a great movie. Sneakers, sneakers if you're out yeah. there and you've never seen it, Redford is making that look so easy in that movie. And uh, what's his name is in it? Um... River Phoenix. River Phoenix. River Phoenix. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Sidney yeah. Poitier. He plays mother. Yeah. Murray McDonald. Yeah. David Strathairn. That was one of those movies David that Strathairn. my yes. yes. That my dad and I could actually go and watch together. He just loved it. I loved it. It was such a good movie. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It was really good. It was the from Phil Alden Robinson who made Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great movie too. Then he made some of all fears and I really haven't heard much of them since. Hmm. Maybe. It's a shame, because that, man, those first two movies were fantastic yeah. of okay. Uh So basically, in this film, uh, Wesley Snipes shows up at one point, too. <laughs> <laughs> Does Paul, he? Paul, actually, he's not in this cast, oh. Paul. Oh, well, I figured it took place in a prison, so. <sighs> so, uh. um, so, how do you imprison a guy who's an expert at breaking out of prisons? Here's how. Stick him in a futuristic super prison that looks like it was designed by M.C. Escher, with a budget negotiated by Halliburton, and staffed entirely by robot soldier things that look like snake eyes from G.I. Joe. Yes, the poster shows Stallone and Schwarzenegger totally defeated in what looks like an abandoned Hollywood square <laughs> set. <laughs> Circle gets the square. <laughs> and if you don't already have your suspension of disbelief set to 10 for a movie about two white people in prison, crank it up higher because it's also about how two 60-year-olds escape from prison. The prison is so futuristic that even the anal rape is delivered oh. according to graphs and charts by methodical robots. <laughs> <laughs> so this film's title better kick some ass, or sound like it does when it's said by a tough, low-pitched voice. Escape plan. Yeah, that'll work too. <laughs> there you go, escape plan. All right. uh, escape plan. Yeah, it doesn't work when I say it. <laughs> 
Escape plan. I'm going to see escape plan. <laughs> doesn't work when anybody says it. You, no. just, you have to modify the voice to make it sound badass. I think this. I think the biggest disappointment about this movie is that it is going to once again skirt the uh, age-old debate: Can Cobra kick Commando's ass? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I originally went with Rocky. I took me a second because okay. I because we mentioned Snake Eyes, so I'm yeah. like Cobra. Okay, is he Cobra. Just doing GI Joe mm-hmm. references? Yeah. Cobra, Cobretti, right? Marion Cobretti. In the in the world in the world of those movies, battle like yes, take those two movies. Who wins? I don't know, but this is actually a question I heard one guy very seriously ask his friend at a video rental store in the late 80s. Crushy. No way. Cobra could totally kick Commando's ass. And they were serious <laughs> about this argument. That's so great. I did the body count for Commando once. I was watching it at HBO. It's like before some barracks get exploded by uh, Schwarzenegger, he's mm. he's up to about 70. Wow. Just taking guys out. And and good guys getting taken out, too, by bad guys. But just the body count itself is up to around 70. That's a, that may not seem like a lot, but it's a lot. That's a lot. No, that's that's an entire graduating class from my high school. Yeah. So. Put, put that into today's yeah. perspective, that's an entire school shooting. Yeah. That's what that's it is. That's what I'm saying. Well done, Arnold. Crazy time. Nice work. Dear Lord. Dear Lord, oh my God. But I'll see this. Um, I'll see it. You know the joke about it looking like the um, set from the Hollywood Squares? It's so true. It really is all glass and fiberglass and, you know, the big X gets the square. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. And this is another another trailer that I have no idea. It took me three trailers to figure out what the movie was really about. That's good. Because I thought it was about him just escaping from a prison, but it turns out him escaping from a prison that he built – and it's a setup, and it's not quite, and then he's somehow framed or double-crossed. And he actually has to escape, and he actually so he's not doing his job anymore. Yes. So yeah, And then all... the check bounces, and it's, yeah. I think it's only <laughs> about them being in a movie together. Oh, That's the only yeah. thing yeah. that matters. Yeah. I just hope that they keep it up. There's all these, like, repairings that make me so happy. Has this like, never happened before? The other, well, the other Robert De Niro trailer that's out right now is the one with, uh, or the other Sylvester Stallone one is the one with Robert De Niro. Yeah. Right. Where they're, like, boxing each other, like... <gasps> You know, this Jake LaMotta and Rocky, and they're oh, re- yeah. like, it's all these. I hope there's like a Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito movie coming out again. Triplets something. is announced. Really? It's Are you announced. Serious? Yeah, Triplets. That's announced. I like Triplets, the way Jamie the thinks sequel. because this makes me very excited for another it's Hugh, a tweakle. Hugh. It's only announced. It's only announced. Another Hugh Grant, Colin Firth matchup because I have not had those two men on screen together in a couple of years, and I need that to happen. Two hours of them sitting around sipping <sighs> tea. I love it. I don't think that they're going to do it anytime soon with the new Bridget Jones 3 that yeah. she just wrote, which is also sad because they killed off Colin Firth. What kind of idiot would do yeah, that? Darcy's dead. Please. And is there Are you some... serious? Yeah, ridiculous. Are you just finding this out? Yeah, that's how it starts. So it's not like you would You're read kidding. it. Yeah, they, it Bridget's... starts where he's she's widowed. Yeah. <gasps> ridiculous. Why would you do that? You need that man on screen. There was backlash. <sighs> right? No Mark Darcy. Oh. Uh, mm I've lost a little Liz. A little bit know. of me died. I don't even know what to say. I'm sorry. That's awful. It's horrible. Uh, they should have just killed Bridget Jones if that's what Exactly. If you're not going to have those two kicking at each other, I love that part <laughs> when they fight and they Dare go to the you. Kick. Oh, they're so great. That's what this movie reminds me of is how much I like Bridget Jones' diary. That's, that's very strange. That's very strange. But speaking of pairings, I'll say this one real quick too. Friend of the show, Fred Mowry. Posted a picture of, I don't know where it was taken, some event where Kurt Russell and Jeff Bridges had their arms around each other like, hey, taking oh. a great picture. Those two guys should be in a movie together. Yeah, that would be Kurt awesome. Russell should be in anything, basically. <laughs> it's been like four years since Snake, he was in something. The dude in Snake Plissken. That'd be great. Yes. That'd be great. I would see that. 
That'd be a pairing I would want to see. But uh, anyway, we've got another movie to get to. Also right. opening is something that looks like a surefire December release that would align itself for award season, The Fifth Estate. I don't know what that was. Right. Yet here it is in October, which brings about the question, what's wrong with it? <laughs> Lee? <laughs> The Fifth Estate is the true story of the fifth palatial property owned by Mitt Romney. <laughs> Actually, Paul, Ted Talks, the movie, tells the story of how Julian Assange made headlines by reposting classified government video documents and emails online. Oh, it's the dream the BuzzFeed guys have when they go to sleep while watching James Bond movies. If you want the version of the script that's been released online without DreamWorks permission, you can go to... Well, WikiLeaks.com, so <laughs> I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that's true, actually. That's true. Yeah. Is it true? Yeah. Oh, okay. He said, screw you. I guess he, he's not a fan of the movie. <laughs> but Assange was the Steve Jobs of scaring the shit out of secretive regimes. <laughs> Steve releasing... Jobs was the Steve Jobs of scaring the shit out of secretive <laughs> But Assange released thousands of documents that revealed such entrenched secrets as... Governments lie, <gasps> governments spy, Clutch. governments kill innocent people, Gas. governments oh. refuse to give up power, Shaking and fish live in water. <laughs> Assange pissed off the government for, uh, for spying on them, causing them to sue him for copyright infringement sure. because spying on people, that's their job. <laughs> the fifth estate is a term describing people within a society who do not belong to one of the other three estates established in 18th century French regimes, those oh, yeah. being clergy, nobility, and commoners. Later, the press was deemed the fourth estate. The fifth estate term is usually, but not always, given to subversives in society. People like Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, and Regis Philbin. <laughs> <laughs> like Regis. He's a big subversive. Interestingly enough, though, nowhere in the trailer do the words based on a true story appear. But fear not, this movie is indeed based on a book. Uh, now, it seems like Khan has found himself in the middle of another shitstorm. As Julian Assange is played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Lump, beef broth, touch, rust rod. Reef, blast body, big, McLarge, huge. Smoke, man muscle. Yes, one of the whitest historical figures is perfectly portrayed by the one one of the whitest talents working in Hollywood today. But in playing Assange, this virtually guarantees no one will ever make fun of the name Benedict Cumberbatch again. Mm -hmm. The film also stars Laura Linney, whose father was prominent playwright Romulus Linney. What does her father have to do with anything? Yeah. Nothing, actually. I just thought it would be fun to say Romulus. That is great. Was it fun? It's a good name. Very much indeed. Robbins. All right. Well, since the movie features a lot of people working on computers, you can expect a lot of shots where what they're reading on the computer screen is projected onto their faces, which, of course, computers only do in movies. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, there'd be a lot of embarrassed mothers in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, what are you doing over there? <laughs> the chore of making uploading things to the internet exciting falls on Bill Condon. Last seen tackling the impossible task of making Kristen Stewart's acting interesting. In Twilight Breaking Dawn, Parts 1 and 2. Didn't work. The good news is, when you buy your ticket, you will get a QR code, which lets you get a copy of every document released through WikiLeaks. The bad news is, it's all on microfiche. <laughs> More bad news, Paul. The sixth estate is comprised of Candy Crush and Angry Birds. Oh, there you go. That is bad news. Candy Crush. Beeping. I think we're being recorded again. Remember this happened when we talked about the family? Yes, the yeah. We had that guy in thing. here who was uh, blowing the lid on 
uh, films that City were in Leaks witness guy. protection. The, the Cine Leaks guy. Cine Leaks guy. Yeah. 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 He was shifty. He was. Sh- did you have? Did have you uh, swept the studio for bugs? I have not. So perhaps, perhaps we are. Yeah. Being, we, uh, that could have been one of them. Hey, that was a horrible joke. But um, hey, Karen, look under the table. <laughs> You're not wait. falling for that again, are you? I'm not going to fall for that. But I, <laughs> I do know that Paul swept the room for bugs when he was chasing that cricket with that pole. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. And if the Cine Leaks guy probably was here smart, today. he yeah. would have attached one of the bugs to the cricket and you'll yeah. never get him. You'll never yeah, find the him. Cricket's not going anywhere. I'm Maybe s- that's really what it is. That's got to be it. I, I'm sorry I like laughed super a lot, but I, I never read anything I'm not going to say so that I don't, you know, I get surprised along with the audience. Mm-hmm. Holy shitballs, when Lee said that so many moms were embarrassed because they could <laughs> see the projected image on their kid's face. <laughs> I like pictures just all those kids jacking off with like titties and boobies and well, vagina just, and a fit. Thank but you for explaining God. the joke, honey. That's, but yeah, I that's the joke. Cr- I know, but it just, <laughs> visually, my brain just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it in so many ways. I'm so glad I could bring kids, it to you. Probably. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. I have no interest in this film, by the way. No, no. Mm, I, I have an really. interest in the fact that Benedict Cumberbatch kind of looks like an albino. I like that. And I actually do want to thank this movie for finally pointing out to me who Benedict Cumberbatch really is. He's great in August or What was he in the other thing we were making fun of? Well, he was in Star Trek. He played Khan. Khan. Oh, he was Khan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's a chameleon, dude. He's we, amazing. We, wait until um, August Osage comes out. He's great. Yeah. But wasn't he in a British movie that we were talking about? The Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. He was okay. in that. He was in War Horse. Okay. Was yeah. he? Oh, he no. was. Was he? Uh-oh. We don't have Jamie to Wait. fix... Ch- Jamie, check get one Jamie. wrong, and it's Jamie, on tape? Yourself. Yes. No, <laughs> that is correct. Jamie, check Here's with yourself. Here's the thing. There's, okay, there's three of them right now that can do nothing wrong. Uh-oh. Oh, really? They're kind oh. of all the same guy. Okay. It's Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. Uh, it's Tom Hiddleston. Uh-oh, who's that? Loki. And it's Michael Fassbender. <laughs> yes, I'll give you that. And then all these movies come out where it's like variations of combinations of them. Like 12, uh, 12 Years a Slave is Michael Fassbender and Benedict Cumberbatch. So War Horse was Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hiddleston, I think. Okay. Anyway, they all <laughs> Hiddleston all was definitely in War Horse. You can make, I'm pretty I sure. I'm pretty sure they both. Were. I think our audience would benefit from a chart, and maybe you could chart that out for us, so I can see how they overlap. Our audience and me. <laughs> and me, yes, I need a flow chart. <laughs> they do. They they do. Or they overlap. And I'd like pictures of them on there with no shirts on. They it. mainly overlap in my dream. <laughs> I think that you have excellent dreams. But it is yes. true. There is in the trailer. They don't talk about based on a true story. They don't say. They don't do that in the trailer. They don't make that. Maybe they're covering their ass because. Or they is don't it just so it. obvious? Like yeah, duh. Do they even say WikiLeaks in the trailer? I don't think no. so. Yeah. Maybe they want to make sure that they don't get sued. I mean, this is such a hot topic right now. What's Assange going to do? Come out from his closet in Denmark or wherever yeah. he is yeah. and make that's a fuss? That's true. Make he actually fuss. has uh, denounced the film. Oh. That's why he put the script on WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. He's like, screw you guys. What a I'm dick. going home. I'm, I'm happy to see Laura Linney, though. I like Laura Linney. I do, too. Really I'll see her in anything. Yeah, I yeah. Do, exactly. I'll see the crap out of her. Yeah, she was great. so good in that movie where she had the mentally challenged brother. Love Actually? Was that Love Actually? Yes. No, and he wasn't mentally challenged. Are you thinking Mark Ruffalo in, um, what was that movie they were in together? No. You Can Always Count on Me. You Can Always That's Count on Me. That's the one, You Can Always Count on Me. He wasn't yeah. mentally you challenged. Can you can count on me. You he wasn't? Me. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo's character? No. He was he, just delinquity. She had a mentally challenged brother in Love Actually, remember? Maybe that's she gets it. Carl back to her place. Oh, and that's it's the what big I'm thinking night, of. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. he calls. And then he calls and, and she, she leaves has to Carl. Go. Yeah. I had an like, extra girl on the show, and we've derailed into Bridget Jones and Love Actually a Thank couple of God. times. Thank <laughs> God. It's about time. That's countered people. all the escape plan talk. On behalf of the movie guys, I would like to apologize to Mark Ruffalo 
for Karen suggesting that perhaps he played a mentally challenged mm. the friend and of that the was show. Just Mar- friend of the show. No, Mark I was Ruffley. thinking of the the guy who's the mentally challenged guy. I wasn't thinking of Mark. You're the one who's putting the Mark together. <laughs> You're all like, it must be Mark Ruffalo if somebody's challenged. <laughs> it, was, it was that guy. <laughs> it must be. <laughs> it's got to be the Hulk. Unbelievable. I like you as the Hulk, Mr. Ruffalo, and you can come here and take... He Whoa. Was, technically, he's Bruce Banner. He was one of the oh, best Hulks. Right. He's the best, right? Not the Hulk. He's trying to stay... He's always the Hulk, but he's always trying to stay calm. One of the best Hulks? He, he's the best Hulk. Are there, are there, there were for like four, so you could probably yeah. pick a best, right? He was definitely the best. He's okay, the best. He was the best. Hulk. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know why he's <laughs> the best? Bill Bixby and uh, Mark Ruffalo. Kind of like what she was saying where some of her boyfriends overlap, because then you get a little of my boyfriend Robert Downey Jr. in there mm-hmm. with the Hulk. I love their relationship. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is the Hulk. Uh, no, he's Iron Man. But I'm just thinking. Oh. Outside of the box. Well, we went through that oh, once goodness. a long time ago on the show. My thinking? thinking? Yes. No. <laughs> 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 enough, enough of your thinking. So we don't need that anymore, if that's cool. It doesn't Now, Robert well. Downey Jr. could play any any superhero. Yeah. Uh, and probably be authentic about it. Except maybe Superman. Yeah. Maybe. I like the, that little side of him that's full of himself. Yeah, oh, he's perfect for Stark. That's it's the greatest. Cool. Thing. He would be a good I, I learned my movie. lesson. I learned my lesson with Michael Keaton. <laughs> oh yes, in Batman. Because I I remember when he was cast. I'm like, this is the worst. This is never going to work. And he was probably one of the best Batman. See? Which is why Ben Affleck will be awesome. He will. Agreed. Uh, all right. So that's the. Fifth so of that's state. a for the state. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, as you know, we are uh, thrilled to bring our listeners previews of uh, what's new in theaters every week. But it occurred to us here at the Movie Guys that what really matters is what you, the viewing public, thinks. Now, sure, we're movie guys, so of course we know all sorts of smart things about movies. For example, I can tell you who wrote the screenplay that became John Carpenter's feature film debut, Dark Star. The answer is future alien screenwriter Dan O'Bannon, who wrote... Return of the Living Dead. Duh. So uh, Jamie Duh. <laughs> and Jamie knows movie uh, movie news. For example, why is Lee Daniels the Butler not just called the Butler? There was a 1918 <laughs> silent movie of the called same the time. Oh, right. There you version. go. So there was a lawsuit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Lee can recite the most banal and arcane movie lines from really unpopular movies. Can I speak to the drug dealer of the house, please? And Karen, well, Karen knows way too much about Bill Murray. Bill Murray has six sons, and one of them is named Homer, and I think that's amazingly cute. All right, let's stop. Now, the point is that despite our pedigrees, more often than not, the real insight and analysis is offered not by self-professed movie aficionados like us, but by you, the real moviegoer. And that's why we'd like to take a moment to read you some of our previews from uh, this week's movies. These are not made up by us, Mm -hmm. I should say, in a segment we're calling the YouTube Movie Review. Now here's where we check out the comments you've posted after watching the trailers on YouTube. You're smart, observant, and articulate, so let's see what you had to say about this week's upcoming releases, Escape Plan, and The Fifth Estate. We'll start with Escape Plan. Let's start with, and again, these are all real people and real comments, Vicente Lopez, who said, Awesome! About Escape Plan. At last, an action movie that doesn't involve terrorists, aliens, or monsters. I kind of agree with him. Yeah, Yeah. there you go. Well, Jay English says, Why do I get a boner looking at her? What's he talking about? I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure. Wait, escape plan? It's what he just thought about and decided to type. You know what? That underneath. makes sense because it's a prison drama, right? I don't. I don't <laughs> want to know what's being reflected on his face yeah. when he's at the computer. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. Pigsy Sire Bully says. They are and look like two geriatrics, although the surgery on their face is made them look almost like a different person. <laughs> 
They don't need the money. Why are they doing this? Let's hope it's successful. Elderly people need action. Heroes also. Mm-hmm. Pigs and sire bully, not so big on the. Uh, you know how hard it is to not fix that sentence? <laughs> Grammatically. Oh my yes. goodness. He has question marks just willy nilly throughout the sentence whenever. You know, at the time he took to probably put that sentence together, I'm sure he would want proper recognition for it. So I should say, I think his name is Pigsy Cyberbully, and that's a typo on my behalf. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did not oh. put the B in there. Oh. I, I, in my 10 page script, that's my typo. Okay. <laughs> as opposed to Pig, Pigsy Cyberbully and the 10 or 12 typos in his three sentences. <laughs> and, and is he talking also, oh yeah, the geriatrics, he's talking about that same movie with Steve. I love this one. Let's hope it's successful. Elderly people need action. Need action? <laughs> yeah. The funny also. thing is, is his hand is that he's a cyber bully and that's like the kind of the nicest bullying I've ever heard. Right. <laughs> and he's <laughs> concerned about but it. Why are they doing this? I hope it's because of this. <laughs> he, gi- he gives them an out. Right. Well, what we've <laughs> noticed, on, what we've come to know is yeah. that that these reviews are usually very vitriolic and hateful and mm-hmm. mean and so I'm, I'm looking forward to reading Love All the People 1000 who said, looks like an even shittier version of Fortress. Christopher Lambert of Expendables. Bag of wank. <laughs> Bag of wank. Bag of wank. Bag of wank. Somebody's from the UK. Well, this guy wants Christopher Lambert. He wants Highlander in The Expendables 3. He loves all the people. Love all the people 1,000. 1,000. Bag of wank. Bag of wank. (laughs) And now, mind you, no one's seen the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Just always put the reminder out there. Just based on the preview, it's a bag of wank. All right. All right, well, let's look at what everyone is saying about the other release we talked about, okay. The Fifth Estate, a rather heady drama for the YouTube public to chime in about. But here's what they had to say, starting with Sean C. Mako, mm-hmm. who said, Information the world needs to know. See, that's, that that's new. very perceptive. New. Yeah. And... Yeah, and he spelled no correctly, so I'm No, gonna... he used two uh, Oh, two well, O's. I mean, he used the K version. He oh, didn't just correct. go N-O. Uh, John Watson <laughs> said... I'm poor and can't afford to see it. <laughs> well, he's so to there. The point. That's a little depressing, John Watson. <laughs> Sorry, John Watson. Ramashi one says, "Go suck a dick or something." <laughs> so he well, saw the trailer, and this is what he was moved to let the world know. And you know what? Here's something I realized: whenever you look at these trailers and you want to leave a comment, you have to log into YouTube. <laughs> so this guy. Rush, M- Ramoshi won? Ramoshi won. He said, oh, I got to tell him to suck a dick. The and world so, needs to know. <laughs> he had to try to put it, and he's like, ah, oh, shit, I got to log in. I log in. And you know how sometimes you haven't logged in in a while, you can't remember your username and password. We've all been there. He's like, figures it out, and he's like, all right, good. Now I can write about sucking a dick. <laughs> That's remote. Suck a dick is Ramoshi won for I'm not seeing your movie. You know what I think happened is he went through all that, Karen, yeah. and, and he just got so frustrated. He looked at the trailer and went, ah, go suck oh, a dick. Go I'm done. Dick. Go go to escape dick. plan. <laughs> go to escape plan. The escape plan. I'm going to wait till 2015. Forget this one. It gets even worse, though. The Groxed One chimed in with, yes. Bible says this will happen. USA falls first when judgment comes. Most Americans do not know the daughter of Babylon is the USA and is destroyed in one hour. May the Lord have mercy on us all. Whoa. Lord, throwing down some deep shit on the YouTube comments. Does, that's really scary. It's really scary. Yeah. The Bible I mean, says the USA will be the first country to go. It does. How that's, did the... Uh, Genesis. <laughs> that's you know. the first... Chap- that's the first yeah, chapter yeah. of the Bible. It's yeah. the, the end of the world. Yeah, God created the heaven and the earth and all the and animals the and the USA, go. but and that's going to be the first to go. And what's so great about that is um, 
the USA was an accident that people found, right? Because Columbus Day was just earlier this week. Columbus was on his way to America. He got lost. He ended up in the West Indies, right? And then eventually found his way up here and blah, blah, blah. But the words United States of America did not exist until like, what, 100 years ago? It's not, 1776. It's math is hard. <laughs> um, I'm just saying. Our calendars for you. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'll have to get Howard Stern to help me with math. I'm just saying, why would this person even think that the Bible would mention any of this? Why would he think escape Well, he does explain that most Americans do not know it. Oh, okay. So oh, okay. we are most Americans, and, and we I don't, don't know that don't the know. USA is the daughter of Babylon and is destroyed in one I hour. no idea what that Ramoshi means. Ramoshi 1 thought means. the same thing, but he just whittled it down to suck a dick or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, this I, is what he meant when he said, or something. Oh. Right. Now, I just want to say one that last thing. That was implied. Yes. Uh, the, the guy's comment after this whole Bible thing was uh, someone else commented, you can't be serious, Shirley, which is which just fucked up a joke, which I cannot tolerate on YouTube. Shirley, you can't be serious. And he Shirley. spelled it Shirley like the name, and he said it all in the wrong order. You can't be ser- serious, Shirley. That's Shirley. not the joke. You can't be serious. I should have got am, that guy's I, name because fuck so, him. So, so anyway. what's the next? The next line would be, "I am, and my name's not Shirley." Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious. And and my name's not Shirley. Stop calling me and Shirley. Don't. Stop calling me Shirley. All right, screw the, the uh, that's that's the YouTube reviews. Wow. Well, well, there you have it. The God. thoughts of the people Hollywood is bending over backwards to please. Thank God they're working so hard. Ooh. Now, before we get to Karen's birthdays, yes. let's squeeze in a quick round of... What, what, what did you see? What did you see this week? I'm going to go on record that the other theme song was so much better. There's somebody who liked really? our... I went on record, too. Our... There was a lobby for it to be changed. Yeah. There was a lobby of one. <laughs> and I don't think... It wasn't <laughs> me. The one is not here. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, well, in that case, we can do it for you live. Oh, please do. Ready? What? 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 What, what did, did you see? see? What, what did you see this week? week? There we go. Now we're in the mood. <laughs> Fuck all that. What'd you guys see? Okay. I saw 117 different titles and couldn't choose one. Yeah. I, that happens. I, I sat down to watch a movie this weekend and I went into my UVerse menu, which is all screwed up. They, they redesigned it and it's completely oh. horrible user interface. And anyway, um, I just couldn't pick. I honestly spent probably an hour toggling through, trying to figure out, well, should I watch this, and should I watch that? Oh, then here's this category. Were you willing to pay? I was, absolutely. I was wow. even going to put the $6 down for the HD that I can't tell the difference. My friend, you need I a list. I have a list. <sighs> I That's why I have the list. I, I start think... at the top of the list, I go through, and I try to figure out which one's free, and then I end up watching some really old black and white movie. But you need a list. I should have started with free. Have you I seen the yeah. aforementioned uh, Return of the Living Dead or Dark Star? <laughs> no, the Dan O'Bannon uh, movies. There you go. Put those Dark on your list. I've never list? heard of it. Oh, those Halloween movies? No, that's what I. Dark Star is a sci-fi. You watch a Halloween movie. Uh, well, Return of Living yeah. Dead is a zombie movie. So. Yeah. Uh, Paul and I saw Captain Phillips. <gasps> I, I, I really liked it. I saw the best film of the year. That is the best film of the year so far because he hasn't seen August Osage County yet. True. But, man, but, Captain Phillips, Paul Greengrass is one of my top five directors. Right up there with the uh, Coen Brothers, Spielberg, Pixar, and Alexander Payne. And even more so maybe than some of the others, because he hasn't made a bad movie yet. And I think I talked about this last week with Bloody Sunday and uh, United 93 and a the, the couple of the Bourne movies and Green Zone. They're all great. 
And this one is fantastic. He has this amazing ability to put you there, and you it, and it's never a place you want to be. <laughs> it's Iraq or on you know you have the Flight ninety three or you know or the birth of the Irish Republican Army. So, but here you just smack dab in the middle of this Somali pirate attack on a on a vessel. I think you all know the story of Captain Phillips that the movie's based on, right? Where the but pirates take us- over, and then the Navy comes and. And, and when they show up, it's oh, the most. Ba- oh, you are gonna love do. it yeah. because it's the just like Zero Dark Thirty. These dudes show up, and you're like, oh. they are gonna take. Karen was like, hit. She kept hitting deal. me, like, I can't handle how much ass the Navy SEALs are gonna kick. Oh, and, and, he, and I don't, I don't, but I'll give it too much away. But they don't just, they're not oh. just on the boat. They gotta get to the boat, so they skydive. Oh. And they like, they I jump out of a plane to get to the damn boat because they're that badass. <laughs> And then when they get where they're going, they're dry and sexy. Uh, it's very hot. And they just oh like God. they just like we got a plan and let's I bet the Groxed one was first in line for that movie. I'm sure he was. <laughs> the USA is not going to go away in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but you you brought up something that made me uh, remember something I wanted to talk about, which is this is a movie about something that happened, mm-hmm. and we all know how it turned out. There's yeah. phenomenal right? tension. It's so, so exciting. So much like Apollo 13, and uh, there's another one out there that we we know how Argo. it ends. Argo. Argo exactly. Yeah. Um, there is no spoiler, right? You can we can talk freely about everything that happens well, in this movie. Well, I would say there is a little bit of a spoiler because now we see inside the boat. Because whenever we were watching the news and when we were getting reports, we didn't know what Captain Phillips went through, oh, and okay. it's really exciting. And we also don't know how smart he was. It turns out that back in the day when this first happened, um, they didn't have any weapons on board. I want to know that. I want to know it's how amazing he does. Two some guys good in a thirteen-foot dinghy. International waters. In, there were yeah, no, no in back in 09, There were no uh, firearms on nope. board. And so cargo he, ships. They were not he, allowed. I not guess allowed. It was regulation. Law, yeah. I, I won't give anything away, but he does some stuff that m- makes. Some really, he makes some very smart decisions based on the protocol that the captain's supposed to follow that keeps things from happening for a while. So it's really exciting. You learn new things. Yeah, and overall, you know the overall story, but the details are fascinating yeah. too. Hmm. Yeah. And Tom Hanks oh, he's so good. is so good in this he's movie. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's dumb. It's unfair <laughs> it's, to really everybody good. else. He w- by the time that movie ends, you have such a such a belief that he believes his situation a hundred percent. He is living it and has lived it and was there to the point where, I, I mean, I started just, I started crying. crying. I was crying like a maniac. Oh my okay. God. Because you get, well, first of all, you get so wrapped up in the tension. And for real life events, that again is an amazing thing to pull off. This extreme tension, white knuckle, just, it's so intense that when the come down happens and Hanks, it has to flood over him that it's over. You just share it with him and it's amazing. And he is amazing. He is so good. He's really good. He is so good. Yeah, and what's the last thing he was in? Uh, Captain Phillips. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I, you I think it was... Um, Thank God you were here. It couldn't have been Larry Crown, couldn't it? The one where they oh, run t- for the, the no. art and all that. Was that... No. Oh, inc- Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. That was wasn't great, the, the 9-11. Wasn't it the Julia Roberts one where... Oh, Larry Crown. Okay, take both those movies. Yeah. He's nothing like that in this. No, no okay. he's totally different. <laughs> right. But that Extremely you know? Loud and Incredibly Close is so good. I Is forgot it? how I good that... Because he's not... Oh, so good. Was it good? Really? Yeah. I liked it. I yeah. liked it a lot because it surprised me. It had me. Sandra Bullock. Right? I had Sandra Bullock. Uh, the uh, but he he's because he's not Daniel Day Lewis, who so chameleon like enters his characters. You can, you can lose the fact that he is so different in every movie mm-hmm. because he does it without fanfare and he you know he does it without 
this losing himself entirely. I mean, he's got an accent or whatever, but he has to act so differently than he did in Philadelphia, than he did in Forrest Gump, that he did in Catch Me If You Can, that he did in Road to Perdition. These are all really, really different movies. All right, now let's all think about the fact that he came from Bosom Buddies. I was just about to say, yeah, our exactly. little guy. <laughs> and how was, different was that? Our I was sitting How on different it. is that from Saving Private right. Ryan? <laughs> I couldn't get his last name. Kip, what was his name? Kip Winger. Winger! Kip Winger. No, wait, no, Kip no, Winger's Kip an actual Winger's guy. Singer. He's an actual <laughs> rock star. <laughs> Kip Wilson. Wilson is with a W. Kip Wilson is back. Uh, it was, was that time Kip Wilson God. went nuts, and then he had to announce he was back. In our studio, for those of you who are uh, listening on iTunes, we have up the volunteers poster behind me, and it has Tom Hanks, a very young Tom Brady-looking Tom Hanks. Is that what you guys were saying earlier? <laughs> he looks just like Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, it's a drawing. So. It's a little sketch. And he's there with Rita Wilson, his lovely wife, and John, the great John Candy, who went too soon. But th- this guy here... Played Captain Phillips. It's that guy. Unbelievable. Yeah, the volunteers. He was in the volunteers. Oh. Tom Tuttle from Tacoma, Washington. Yeah. He was in, yes. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, I'm not saying, in, I'm not breaking any news saying Tom Hanks is awesome, but oh. just saying he's super consistent and being awesome once again. That's Go true. see it. It's the best film I've seen. And even when he's making television appearances, you showed me one on YouTube last night on some sort of European show. They, pulled out a giant keyboard for him to do the big thing on it and he started playing chopsticks with the host and it was so much fun because you could tell they were improvising and they sort of just threw it at him. Oh, it was Graham Norton. Was no, it, it was yeah, uh, Jonathan was Ross. It? Jonathan oh, Ross. that was... It was yeah. so charming and then of course my, my favorite female actress, Sandra Bullock, don't tell Julia Roberts. She came out and she did chopsticks with these super <laughs> sexy high heels. It was Ooh, very cool. Yummy. <laughs> yeah, and then when I get to the really high part where they have to split their legs, she said, I'm not playing uh. <laughs> Awesome. Jamie, what'd you see? I did. I had a busy movie week. Oh, good. And I didn't even know that this was going to happen. <laughs> so Saturday, I went to the movies by myself. I saw I Insidious Chapter Two. <gasps> okay. That's still out. Yes, it is still out. Still. And it was super <laughs> awesome. <laughs> still? What? It was her. De- it was super awesome. I've heard otherwise. Oh, well. uh, I disagree. Now, to be fair, wait I'm- a minute. Wait a minute. How much did you pay for the movie? It was matinee, like nine bucks. Okay. Because oh, sometimes if you pay like a buck fifty, it becomes it's a the great greatest. movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm not a there's two parts to it. I did not see Insidious Chapter One. Okay. I figured I wasn't missing much, so I'm sure I could figure out what was happening. I was correct. Okay. That wasn't an issue. But I also <laughs> am not a big fan of like the way that horror movies have gone over the past like maybe eight to ten years or so. Like the whole hostile thing. Oh, right. I yeah. like porn. a good yeah, simple And I remember the moment I got angry, it was white noise. Because if I go see a scary movie, I just want it to be scary. I want it to be supernatural. I don't want want it to be like, you know, I don't want the mystery machine to find out that the old man did it. Like, (laughs) I want there to be no answer. And that's what I liked about this movie. There is no answer. There's the further. There's a whole other world that they've recreated. They really, I think twisted stuff that happened in the first movie and made it different in the second one and I was like oh shit I think that's cool now I'm gonna see the first one because I want to know if I'm right you're seeing Um, it all willy nilly that's crazy there was some just it was just really simple really simple tension really simple scares and I appreciated what they did I thought it was great Uh, it's the same director from The Conjuring which provided real earthy thrills with the the hint of supernatural and I like they just kind of make their own rules in The Conjuring and they follow the rules and we all follow the rules and there you go it's the same in this I think plus it was super cool to me the movie starts the morning after whatever happens in the first one happens I like that I like when it is like she picks up right yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, you know, Craig T. Nelson moved halfway across the earth and then there's another poltergeist. Like that it's the same polt it's the same thing and it hasn't left. Well he moved to Minnesota neat. and became coach. And then he there was Dauber. Yeah. yeah, and then like Ghostbusters five years later and there's a baby. I knew uh, immediately that was a bad move. Is there a Ghostbusting a baby? There's a baby. So yeah. then um, on Sunday. Oh, yes, you were saying. Side, the marathon continues. Side Ooh. note, I got swept into a marathon on television where I watched, in order, God bless the cable programmers, uh, I watched Can't Buy Me Love, Grease 2, <gasps> Pretty in Pink, and then 16 Candles. Oh. In a row. Good for you. I think those get better as they go, right? Yes, I love they pretty do get better. Again. I Go love again. 16 candles. Can't buy me love. All right. Grease 2. We're going to roll. I think those might be back. Those might be back. No, not yeah. at all. Grease 2 is great. Uh, <laughs> then pretty and pink. And then oh. Those candles. are definitely in the right order. Yeah, it made me candles. sad. Again, it, it, like, it was like watching a time when they actually made good movies. Mm. But I wound up my Sunday. And again, no idea this was going to happen. I watched the original Carrie for the first time. <gasps> Shut up. I know. There we go. Shut the front door. I know. All right. Prepping yourself for the, will you see the remake? Um, well, I had been talking about wanting to see the remake, so my husband was like, mm, Uh-oh. You should probably see the original before you oh, You hadn't seen it? That. I hadn't seen oh, it. Oh, I like thought you were. Time. Just it's uh, like reading the book so, before you go. Gotcha, I mean, and gotcha. any movie that starts with, like, just 1970s raging muff is amazing. Yes! <laughs> yes! Like, and that's all yeah. that, I like, seriously, the camera, like, starts on it and then, like, pulls back and they're, like, running through the gym. No, I've actually seen that movie, Raging Muff. <laughs> and Robert De Niro's in from it. From 1970. I mean, yeah. Right. I am adding this movie to my list because I, mean, I want to see it me is some like, 70 vagina. It is, it is 1970s. In the finest form. I love that. And I and you know, whenever people do like seventies movies today, I wonder if that's one of the first things the actress does. Oh, it's seventies? Start growing. Start growing. Start growing a girl. I get my junk Same. together. What'd you say? I, get I my, gotta get my junk worked out. Or, worked out. I got things yeah. worked out. Down I gotta there. get things yeah, worked Brian out. Brian De Palma pulls out all the seventies in that he's got split screens and oh, stuff. Yeah. And he's yeah, he's, he's all there's crazy. this one oh, there's also this other awesome part where they like <laughs> there's a montage of them trying on suits for the prom and all of a sudden it goes in fast forward for no reason and they're like <laughs> it's amazing I also don't understand how William Cat didn't become the hugest star on the planet the planet he was so good he's so good in that yeah he's a guy who's charming has an easy charm about him you think TV at least where he did Greatest American Hero he, he can keep that going Oh, yeah. yeah, or stage. He did Pippin. Pippin. He like, did. He, oh, he, he didn't take off in any of those. He did them all. He was the original. And he had a good chunk of, of time on top. But yeah. the uh, I would like to have seen that elongated. You and know I who think else was like that. Tom Hulse. Agreed. Yeah. After Amadeus, how does he not just become the greatest actor the in greatest, the world? I and know. on stage, he did a few good men. He Man. originated that part. What? Well, he's Caffey. the singing voice of Quasimodo. He was Caffey on stage. Him and Ra- him and Ron yeah. Perlman. Oh. <laughs> For those of you who are not watching, uh, Lee just did some sort of triple take. I just had a <laughs> what? What? I had well, a, we had a couple of conversations moment. going. It was all <laughs> um, yeah, that yeah, that was my week. It was super That's busy. I watched a lot of movies. Week. Any six movie weekend is a damn good weekend. It was a good, good one, weekend. right? Yeah, um, Jesus, I think yeah. the husband was busy working, so she had a it lot was. of time. I have this one slouching around. Okay, it's time for another rousing edition of Karen's weekly celebration of the birthdays of those who make the movies. Karen. birthday week by wishing a happy birthday to Paul's first wife, Kelly Preston. Uh, I wish. <laughs> oh, zing! Oh my God. Who turns 51 but can play anywhere from Mrs. Sheen, Charlie that is, to Mrs. Travolta. She really wasn't married to Charlie Sheen, but oh. she was briefly engaged to him oh. until he accidentally shot her in the arm. 
Wait a minute, is any of this true? Well, this is true. Wow. And she also spent some time with, uh, what's his face? Uh, the super hunky. Mark God. Ruffalo. <laughs> yes. What is his face? Oh, my God. Super awesome actor who was just dating the wrestler. Why can't it? George, George Clooney. Clooney. Oh, my good Lord. She spent time with him, and he gave her a turtle for a present. And then when they broke up, he kept the turtle, and it lived to be 18 years old. But don't they? That's aren't they supposed to? Yeah, I was gonna say, aren't they supposed to live like 120? What happened well, to the turtle? Maybe he forgot to feed it. I'm not sure what he, he was did already to 70 it. by the time Clooney got him. <laughs> maybe that's why the relationship didn't work that was out. A cheap turtle. <laughs> Internet? Are there things you don't know? I know it's all crazy. All right, so we all know that her husband is now currently John Travolta, and they had the distinction. This is kind of crazy. Of both starring in movies based on Steven Spielberg novels. Where the title was a girl's name, mm-hmm. and each began with the letter C. So I have a quick quiz for you. Tell me which one they both starred in. Kelly, which one did she star in? Now it's a woman's name. Starts with a C. Stephen King novel. Stephen King. You said Steven Spielberg. I'm sorry. Okay, Stephen okay. King. Yeah, I was so confused. Okay, I yeah. lost my mind. I didn't know he wrote a novel. <laughs> <laughs> and I, of course, thought I said Stephen King. But no, Stephen it's Stephen King. 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 So okay. it's a novel. Letter C. What are the rules again? I'm going to... All right, well, Travolta was in Carrie. Right. Okay, so that's the the rules. So So ergo, Kelly Preston must have been in Christine. That's right. There you go. How crazy is that? You know who else was in Christine? Is the guy from... uh, You're going to make a dirty joke. No, no. This just... I uh, thought it was like a sex uh, joke. Because he was in her. (laughs) Boom! Back to school. Melon. Wasn't that Melon? George Clooney. No. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he's the lead. Yeah, what's his name? Yeah, his name is... uh, Jamie, come on. Oh, no. Jamie. Oh, the pressure. Yeah, the leading. Uh, I'll, I'll come up with that. All yeah, right, keep good. Going. Next up, happy birthday to Penny Marshall, who <gasps> turns 70, but can play anywhere from Laverne DeFazio to the ex-wife of Meathead. Penny was the first female to direct what? You're making a funny face. She, I thought she was gay. No, she's not no, gay. Penny Marshall's not gay. Oh, oh. my Lord. Where oh, is it? She Paul, was, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Lee just made the craziest face, and I went to, in my inside my head, I'm like, wait a minute. She was married to Meathead. And was then I'm she? like, she wait, was Meathead her brother? Because this is all very incestuous, yes. this whole thing, because Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall, and that's her brother, and then Meathead, and she was married and to him, and I she almost think... got the part of Sally Struthers, so she almost was married on camera to the, anyway. And I always yes. thought Gary was her father. <laughs> I always thought Gary Marshall, Marshall was her dad. Yeah, but they make him like 140. Yeah, and also <laughs> well, just, that, like, so you know, when I was doing like research, 100. I found out that Penny Marshall's dad was a director as well, so... That's kind of crazy. Oh, okay. okay. Huh. Anyway, here's something fun. So you all know that she's a female director. Did you know that she was the first director to direct two movies as a female that grossed over $100 million? I feel a quiz coming mm-hmm. on. And what two movies were they? Uh, League of Their Own. League of Their Own. League of Their Own. League of Their Own, 1992. Big. And Big, 1988. I forgot she did Big. Yeah. Oh, that's a great movie. That's Look a great at all, movie. This is just amazing to me. Like, yes. So we talked about John Travolta, yep. who is in Carrie. Yes. It's on the podcast. And then you brought that back around mm-hmm. to Big with Tom Hanks playing chopsticks on the piano that yes. we just discussed. I'm just saying, it's all plate of shrimp right, right here. Uh-huh. Tom it's Hanks, insane. friend of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, let's wish a happy birthday to Paul Simon, who turned 72. That is crazy. But can play anywhere from Man in Precinct, from Die Hard with a Vengeance, to SWAT <laughs> Cop in Panic Room. <laughs> Yeah, actually, wait, wait a second. That was the wrong Paul Simon. I was going to say. That's Paul Simon 2, because on IMDb, the real Paul Simon is so awesome that they made this other poor after-sag actor just be Paul Simon 
too. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm Paul <laughs> Preston too, so I don't want to hear it. I am. There was Why another not? guy who was in Ordinary People, and that's it. At least this is Paul Simon too. It's because of Paul Simon. There's a Paul Preston yeah, out so there. Yeah, so I'm worse. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Continue. We all know that many movies have featured music written by Paul Simon. And I recently watched The Graduate, which was awesome, and completely loved the soundtrack. We know that Mrs. Robinson is in there, Sound of Silence, and Scarborough Fair. Mm -hmm. Can you name at least three other movies that feature music from Mr. Simon? And I have a bunch of them here, so just three. Well, I I have one that I believe may have even Mm. starred Paul Simon called One Trick Pony. I think I remember seeing that, but I didn't write it down. That had Late in the Evening on there, which is a great song. There you go. You can name some of the songs. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can call me Al was in a movie. Maybe you can it's call not, me Al. Not yeah. any of the ones I've listed here. These are like super blockbustery. Oh movies. God, Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover was in something. Oh, that movie, Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover. I'll give you a hint. Tom Hanks is in one of these movies. Splash. <laughs> no. Did he do the music to Splash? <laughs> Yeah, I can't put that together. What do you got? Forrest Gump, Mrs. Robinson, and Almost Famous, America, and then The Watchmen of all things had the sounds of silence. I thought that was kind of cool. And Lost in Translation, Scarborough Fair. Yeah, I would have gotten none of those. And The Pursuit of Happiness, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Now I would have bet that that song was, but isn't that a Garfunkel? Oh, I'm thinking both of them, oh, Simon okay. and Garfunkel. Okay. He helped write it. And then lastly... Oh, well, if that, let's start over oh, because you threw me off. Over. And lastly, <laughs> this is just fun, is the Coneheads had Kodachrome. I just love the fact that Coneheads... In a used, montage scene. Yeah. Why do I know that one the most of all the movies you've made? <laughs> you know what else is fun about the Coneheads is whenever they um, go to the store to buy gum... It's when they need condoms. And so now Paul and I, we call condoms gum. I'll be like, uh, we're running low on gum. And we've kind of kept that all this time. It's <laughs> a great story, honey. And those are the birthdays for this week. Yay, happy birthday. You know what's also great is a na- Naked Gun 33 and a third when uh, Leslie Nielsen infiltrates the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And he's got to get to the podium to keep someone from opening an envelope or a bomb goes off. And it's James Earl Jones. He just says, oh, oh hey, love you in Coneheads. And then he takes the envelope from it. Like it's James Earl Jones. <laughs> Loved you in Conan. Anyway, all right, so uh, we're going to take our first break. Look how long we go breakless just for you wow. people. We're going to take a break. It'll last all of 10 seconds for you guys, but uh, we'll be right back here with Steve Gutenberg on the phone and director Robin Mountjoy in the studio. We shall return. And we are back with our guest, one of our two guests today on a two-guest Wednesday. I was just going to say two-guest Tuesday, but that doesn't. But it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Uh, we have director Robin Mountjoy in the studio. Yay! The director of the indie film Quick to Duck, and uh, you have another film under your belt, don't you, besides that? Um, and, uh, yeah, Shower Frown, a uh, comedy. A comedy? Yeah. Okay, so because I, I saw <laughs> Quick, for, Quick to Duck, and it's about this uh, guy who runs like a rehab center yeah. who's like, who does a ton of drugs himself. Yeah, he's involved and he's like with gambling debts. Involved with one of the patients. Yeah, and there's like a whole family that's a complete mess that comes <laughs> to the thing. And but th- you, did you want to do that after a comedy? I would think now after that you would want to do another comedy. Well, <laughs> the the comedy we did was um, you know, a dark comedy. Oh good. Oh, that's okay. my favorite kind. So it wasn't like, you know, light and it was a dark comedy, but quick to duck, you know, being um dark as a was you know it wasn't 
There's some stuff that was funny to me. <laughs> but well, for, yeah. <laughs> well, you can mine well, humor out of, out of right. dark places there is, like yeah. that. There's nothing but, funnier than the whole family. This lovely, yeah. charming family gets in this van. And they're yeah. all excited because the dad, played by Robin, is going to drive them to the bar where they can get pizza. Yeah. <laughs> then the car breaks down and they all get pissed. Yeah. Tell us the overall, the full <laughs> story of Quick the Duck. Well... What she was talking about, you know, is very uh, funny because it's funny. this guy's collecting cans because right. he doesn't have any money, and the family's like down and out, and he's because he drinks all the uh, the profit away from, from the cans from, from his cans <laughs> and his job as a musician and bouncer once in a while, and uh, yeah, all these kids. His wife's like ten months pre- or nine, nine. She's so pregnant. She's I so thought pregnant. she was gonna have the baby during the yeah. filming. <laughs> And the actress really was pregnant. So did you I think she was so. going to bust? Uh, <laughs> it was scary, dude. She's a good friend of mine, and she's a really talented actress. Yeah. And she was she's so dedicated. Uh, Jane Haggerty is her name, uh, out of New York. And uh, she wanted to do the part no matter what. And she was like, literally, she, she delivered two weeks later. Wow. <laughs> she, she was so pregnant that I thought, she can't really be pregnant. That's so pregnant. Yeah. But the, it's about a, this dysfunctional family. And, you know, I tried to make light of it, but it was dealing with some dark issues, you know. And a dysfunctional family where the kid, the teenage daughter, ends up in a group home. And the group home is uh, ran by a uh, total screw-up who's on drugs and gambling addiction. And and in the group home, um, there's a chef who works there, played by Steve Gutenberg, And the character's name was Mickey Beans. And he's a chef there, but he's also a bookie on the side. Right. So he's always chasing around... Um, the doctor to try to get his money and his debts paid and uh, this real eccentric uh, out of the box type of film and uh, that's basically what it's about and, and a little bit of revenge story in there as well that uh, my character gets to um, hunt down that's true The uh, I don't yeah, want to spoil it I don't want to spoil it but yay you always want that to happen well, he's don't an you? angry guy the character you play yeah yeah, very, very. I, I'm a method guy, so the whole time yeah. my wife was not happy with this. She says, "Is this the way you're gonna be? You know, when you do a part like this?" You know, I was like, "Well, it's the only way I know how to do it." Right, because so, you don't seem like no. when I saw you in the movie. Thank God I met you now. You were really scary, <laughs> yeah, but very lovely now. It's, act, it's acting. Yeah, you know, I trained in New York, and uh, and plus, like I said, method. I really connected with this character because I had a lot to draw off of. You know? Especially the musician part. That was me, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I noticed in the, because I'm such a dork about this stuff, I noticed right away when he picked up the guitar in the movie, I was curious already because there was music playing even before that scene where you had the guitar. I thought, I wonder if this is his own music. I'm really starting to think it is because there's something about the quality of your speaking voice. I could hear it in the singing. And uh, I noticed that you were a Southpaw. Yeah. I, yeah. How long have you been playing guitar? Since 96. Oh, good for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was your first thing, right? Yeah, my first creative thing that I uh, started, music, and that is what took me on the course to uh, New York, and New York where I got into acting and writing and directing. Yeah, because being an artist is being an artist. Well, I, I discovered that because I didn't even know I was an artist till I was like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. I just, then I discovered uh, something by, quite, kind of by accident. And it just made me feel better. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I just started doing it all the time. And all of a sudden, I started noticing my life improving. Right, because you're and, doing uh, what you're here to do. That's what happened, yeah. So, you know, I was kind of people kind of like my friends and people that knew me at the time are like, what? You know, <laughs> you're a musician today? I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, and I, and all of a sudden, I just 
was away. I moved to another town. I met new people. My whole life just transformed into a whole new uh, experience, and it was crazy. And the next thing you know, I met this wonderful woman, and me and her moved to New York, and she was going to Columbia University, and uh, that's where I met some people, and I got into writing and directing mm-hmm. and acting, and, and everything just started, but it all started with the creative process of finding yep. music at a, kind of a late time to find it. Yeah. Because before that, I was just thinking that I was just, man, I have so much energy. <laughs> Where do I focus it? And you know, we'll get focused in good places unless you can get creative. <laughs> yeah, except my, my father's side of the family was, which I didn't grow up with, his side of the family was guitarist, artist, go. you know, musicians, uh, bar owners. Oh, well, that's <laughs> all perfect. These, they all go these. together. They so go I, together. You I, can I play at his bar. Yeah, so I was, you know, I discovered all that stuff, you know, in my early 20s when I got into it. Well, since you did come to, into it so late, who were your musical influences? Because I think you have kind of a Leonard Cohen thing going, um, but what would you think some of your influences are? Just storytelling, you know. So you like Americana singer-songwriter? I guess. Back back, back when I was doing it in 96, I really liked uh, some artists that I was, was following was a guy named uh, Hamill. Hamill on Trial, the way he would play acoustic guitar, real punk style, real fast. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then also Johnny Cash. I love Johnny Cash. Um, you know, Dylan, Cohen, Bo Diddley. Uh-huh. You know, things like that. Uh, my, my favorite. And you don't have to like him, but I love him. And I, it's such a random thing. Do you like Lyle Lovett? Yeah, I went and saw him the other night at a <laughs> Willie Nelson and him at the. Oh, we saw uh, that. We saw show. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Good I was for there you. With my wife. At the bowl. Yeah, uh, I was. I was. To be honest with you, yeah, I was taken back a little bit by Lyle. By Lyle, he's so freaking great. Yeah, friend of the show, like, Lyle Lovett. I grew up, you know, watching him, you know, and the, and the whole thing with Julia Roberts and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and thinking, wow, he's a great artist, but I don't really wasn't too familiar with his music. But then when I I was at the show the other night, I was like, man, this is. He's I love it. Tight. I went and got the album. You saw good some good Lyle. You. He's because yeah. you saw the large band. Now sometimes they'll go out with the acoustic group, which is or still good, solo or something Let's, like that. But the large bands, yeah. I get eighteen yeah. people in the band, so that was a good way to see Lyle. If you're going to see, and him. Lyle's got a really great quirky sense of humor and his storytelling is it's so solid. So it's yeah. all some it's it's storytelling and, and or expression. It's all expression, you know. And mm-hmm. that's just the way it, it stems. If you listen to my music. Which is uh, available on iTunes and CD Baby, and I had Johnny Cash's bass player Dave Ro Rorick guest play on my album as play bass on that song. You got to go. Cool. But if you listen to my music, it's all storytelling, and and I didn't really know how to play guitar or anything when I first started. I kind of just was needed to ex- get these emotions out of uh, I, out of me. I can respect this. Yeah. It's exactly why I learned. <laughs> so I learned later. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I learned like three years ago. But I was playing on stages and doing a lot of things, and instantly. Hosting and producing and grabbing, I would show up at clubs. I can play three songs that I wrote, <laughs> but if they'll say, "Well, we need to do more than that," we kind of like, dig what you're doing. But I'm like, well, "How about I get another band that has a big following? I'll get them to come in. I'll open up for them." Uh-huh. And once they said, "Well, that might work," I, it was over. That then I knew what I needed to do, and then I did that, and then I started to be able to play longer sets and uh-huh. become the headliner eventually. And but that took a long time. Right. But it was instantly producing, making things happen, putting things together, and then later on, you know, that just that sort of behavior translated into being able to direct and work with uh, other artists in acting and stuff. It all started with music. If someone said mm-hmm. music or movies, you'd say both. <laughs> right? No, no. If, I mean, if you, who are you all, oh, who are you all in on movies? What's your Sophie's now? choice? Yeah. I'd, be, I'd say painting. Ah. <laughs> 
Just throwing, water, a, throwing a, water right, color. a right turn in there. Well, <laughs> I just love painting. You That's know? cool, dude. I love painting. Uh, action painting. Act, you've seen my paintings on Facebook, probably. Um, if not, I have I'll make not, I'll I have to check, check this out because I want to know what the genre of action painting is. Are you in action while you paint, or are they photo, like paintings of action-y things? You know what? This is going to blow your mind. I just yes. started painting a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and, and it's already the biggest thing in your life. And not the biggest thing, but I fell in love with it. It's like it's so weird because I was in between projects, waiting for the next project to start, and I was getting stir-crazy. I'm like, do I write another script? Do I play guitar some more? Do I write another, do another album? Do I go perform here? There's a new baby coming. What's going on? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And my, my son, he's two years old, he uh, was playing with water paint, and uh, I went over there, and I'm trying not to, you know, go do stuff I've already done because I'm already caught up with everything. And, and I went and kind of was doodling with him a little bit, and next thing you know, a friend of mine, Hamill on trial out of New York, who is uh, on Andy DeFranco's label, and he was back, he was on Mercury Records back in the day, but he's also a painter, and... Um, he, I was seeing his paint, his work on Facebook and stuff, and I was like, I really like this stuff. He's, it's really cool. It's quirky. It's different. You know, he have like a guitar player uh, with a, a Jack Daniels bottle and get on a girl with a big tits. <laughs> you gotta have the, you gotta have the girl with big tits. Come on. <laughs> so, so I was like, you know, I started, I w- just just for an expression. You know, I wouldn't start painting, and I found myself just doing it similar to what I, I do with everything else I do intensely and passionately and the next thing i know i was done with a piece and i was like after three or four paintings the fifth the, the, the fifth piece started to look like something you could put on the wall and i was blown away i was like wow this is and the, the emotional high i was getting was crazy i compare it to the action of uh when you're doing what, what we're doing right now there's an emotional energy i was getting that energy so when i say painting it's just because it's new that's right it'll be sculpting in a year right? <laughs> <laughs> Paintings, it's, it's actually new to me. There's been music, there's been playwriting, acting, filmmaking, you know, directing, and so you now got painting. So you your plays off-Broadway, is that right? Off-off. Off-off. Yeah. Off. Off we, off we could throw a rock and hit um, Phantom of the Opera, so it was, I always say that, it was really <laughs> Not close. Not bad, very close. Yeah. Right now we're 3,000 miles off. Off-Broadway. I mean, it's, yeah, way I, off. Yeah, but. I kicked ass in New York, man, and, and, and I was really proud of that. It's what got me to be able to come out here, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad I came out here because... You know, yes, there's a lot of people that do say they're going to do some flaky people. There is a lot of flakiness in Hollywood, but there's also a lot of people out here that do what they're, they say they're going to do and they're stand up people and they're out here. And in New York, it's, you know, it's a little more spread out here. It's easier to find, easier to connect the dots to network and bring yourself around the right people that are all wanting to do this for the, do this for the right reason. That's create tremendous beautiful art and and also the you know the business side of it too because you know we want to take care of our families and all that stuff too and and so this is the place to be yeah we think so you were talking about how the one thing just led to the next and how you got to work with different people and i am so impressed that you got steve gutenberg in your movie i think he's fantastic how the heck does someone like do that how does it happen (laughs) people ask that a lot oh sorry uh, no no that's (laughs) it's awesome i want you to ask that because i'll tell every filmmaker out there that to just go for it you know and uh if it's on the if you if you can get it on the page you know and where it's engaging you know and it can hold the readers you know it's in it needs to be engaging but then you can just it's like rolling the dice, mm-hmm. you know, and you and you call casting agencies and um, 
You really have to. It's like a cold call. It is. It is a cold call. You have to have balls to do that. Yeah, you have yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Big titties and balls. To yeah. me, if I we've learned anything. I, I often. <laughs> I, I just encourage everybody out there to put their best writing down, and if they can come to, if they believe in what they're doing, to you know, call up the agents and. Uh, and a lot of the agents are going to be quick to, to try to get you off the phone or not mm-hmm. even talk to you. But the reason is because they deal with so much, you know, stuff that's not, you know, where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, you don't know till you try. So you, know you I you guess. Ju- he just asked. You just asked. See, that's really ballsy because I thought maybe um, my sister babysits for his kid or something. No, no, there was, con- there was a connection. This is the connection. It's all connected. Everything I do since, since, since this creative thing has started, is all I can see all the dots connecting. Um, I had done a film based on a play before this, and the cousin. <laughs> see, I told you it was my uh, wife's sister's okay. babysitter's there cousin. Is, there is a web. The cousin of the actress <laughs> was a distrib had a distribution company. Uh huh. And that distributor distributed my first film, Shower Frown, the comedy. And then when I was doing my next, getting ready to do my next film, he said, "You know." Robin, you really need uh, a name in your film. And I was like, what, what do you mean name? You know, because mm-hmm. I was new to the business. And I was just like, someone that is a recognizable name to help sell the, the product. And I was like, really? Okay. So let me figure that out. And he was saying, so I went, no, what I, he didn't tell me. He says, you should need a name. So <laughs> I, went to his, I went to his website of his movies on his comp- in his company. And in his movies collection of the products, movies that they're putting out, there was a couple recognizable names. Oh, that's what I meant, yeah. So I went on there, and I saw Gutenberg, and then I called the director of the film that he was in with, with Gutenberg, and was, the director is by the name of Dr. Ravi. He's a doc, real doctor, and he lived in Philadelphia, and I called him up, got him on the phone, and started talking to him, and, you know, from there called Gutenberg's agent, which he told me, you know, he just said, go on IMDb. And I was like, what's IMDb? Ah! And I figured it all out because that's what you do, you know. Right. You f- and, and and this was back when I very first started. You know, that first film was done, and I really was just learning about the whole business and everything. And called IMDb, got a hold of him on the phone. First thing out of my mouth, and they were like, I said, when they were trying to get me off the phone, was right. I was like, um, hold on. Well, I'm doing a film with the distributor of one of the films Steve was in, uh, you know, he was in uh, with this company, and my film was with that distributor. So that was an in right there. So oh, they, you said the word distributor and a, my other film. That's, that's brilliant. That's a decent in, but there's still a that's lot of good. balls. I will go back to the balls. Yeah. There's still a lot of balls in what you did and just making all these calls, you know? Because, I mean, I've only made an indie short or two, and even with locations, a lot of people think, well, why could, I could never make a movie that takes place in a restaurant. I don't know anyone who owns a restaurant. But you just go and ask. Yeah, you go ask. You, yeah. You'd be surprised. So then, then, then I sent him the script. And I got a phone call, you know, and uh, cool. the script, I, I you know, the, the script was really good. And it was it had already I believed in the script and uh, it was off of, based off an award winning play that I my first play I ever wrote. Got the LaGuardia Performing Arts Center in New York um, g- gave it a grant. So that was my start in the business. And from there, I tr- transferred into a screenplay and got a name involved and pieced it together and mm-hmm. glued it together and, and, and you know, and learning, no. a, learning as I go. And Was it intimidating know. at all to know that you're now going to be directing Steve Gutenberg? No, no, not, <laughs> no. Because I know this is what I was meant to do. That's and awesome. for me, it was just like, 
I just looked at him like another actor. Mm-hmm. But I did make sure there was when you've been through a th- lot in life, you know, you don't look at you don't get that thing of like, oh my God, look at who I'm with. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't. I just I'm just there to do a job. Right. I was excited though. Yeah, that I would was be excited. I was excited because yeah. I was like I knew from music. And when I first started music, I knew that when I would open, when I do a show, open up for someone that was really famous or known in the mid in the alternative country blues arena, mm-hmm. that it was going to help me because I was going to get seen by a larger amount of people. Yeah. So I knew that for the music. So I knew I'm not. I knew that that was going to help me. I started putting two or two yep. together. You know. All right. We now have a phone call coming in from New York City with the star of Quick to Duck. Steve Gutenberg is on the phone. How are you, Steve? I'm great. How you doing, Paul? Outstanding. Uh, we last time I saw you, you were the honorary mayor of Pacific Palisades, and now you're uh, in New York City. Uh, and yeah. if, I, if I know correctly, you're a Juilliard trained, so you, you started there too. Uh, what brings you back to, to New York? You know, I've always wanted to live back here. I lived in Los Angeles for about thirty years, and um, I still have a great piece of property there. But wanted to come here. I got my whole family here, and. Uh, it's such a luxury to come back and, and live near the family. I just love that a lot. The thing I always liked about your performances was you made charm and being genial interesting, and I think that's tough. And it was, and it was no surprise you ended up in a film with Ted Danson, who I think does the same thing. You know, it's kind of like when I watched The Dark Knight with uh, uh, the Batman films. Gary Oldman made being noble interesting, and uh, and I thought you always you always made charm uh, very interesting as well. And do you think there's a lot of training that comes to that to sort of uh, pull that off believably? Well, thanks. Um, you know, it's really just acting. And, uh, you know, there's always, it's always looking for an interesting way to play a character. Um, I, I, the movies that you've mentioned, I've been the lead in. So when you're the lead, it really is beholden to you to be interesting. Um, and uh, it's a very, very important jo- part of your job to be charming because if you know, you're the lead of the movie, people really want to watch you and follow you. You've got to be somewhat likable. So, you know, it's just, you know, really basically just acting, you know, and trying to act charming. <laughs> and you've dipped into a darker place now with Quick to Duck. Uh, we just talked to Robin Mountjoy, the director, and in this film, you play a bookie. Who, who is in a, a rehab facility that is uh, just a dark place to be. And what drew you to this project? You know, I really liked uh, Robin's work. You know, I thought Robin's a really interesting director. He's got some fascinating points of view about filmmaking. And, I, you know, I, I spoke to him a little bit before the filming of the show, and I really liked his take on it, and I liked his point of view of actors. I think he's got a very good handle on how to treat actors, and uh, and that's what you know interested me about the picture. Hey, hi there. This is the uh, other movie guy, Paul's movie guy partner, Karen. And I just wanted to ask you: whenever you were in that movie, you played a chef, and I found you horribly charming because I think you're adorable. But um, did you actually go in and do any sort of research or anything to know what it would be like to be in a chef in that kind of situation? You know, I was pretty lucky that I used to work in a luncheonette uh, in <laughs> That's Long Island. Awesome. So I was a, a line chef for a little while in the luncheonette, so I, I knew what it was like to, to be in the, you know, in the scene of, a, uh, of cooking for 10, 12 people really quickly. And, uh, that was sort of, 
sort of easy in a way. That's awesome. And did you have any other personal attachment to the darker areas of that film, uh, rehab stories, things like that? Yeah, well, I have a lot of friends who've gone to rehab, so personally it was uh, something that I dealt with with friends of mine, and I was able to look at the piece um, objectively uh, because I'm always, you know, if someone's in trouble, you, tr you try to look at the situation um, without any uh, bias. So I looked at this film as a an opportunity to explore acting in, um, in, in sort of from the balcony. You know, when you work one of these homes, you, you know, you, these people are pretty troubled, so you can't have a, you know, whereas your personal bias might come into play, you you know, you're working there, and you want these people to heal. It's like being in a, a hospital ward. You know, there's sick people that need to, to, to heal. So you can't, if, if someone comes in and they, they were involved in a, a mugging and they were, they were the mugger, you know, you still have to make sure that they heal. So I, I looked at the, the role that way. When you were out here in L.A., you were the star of franchises like Three Men and a Baby, Short Circuit, and Police Academy. Were there, back then, no doubt you were getting offers from a ton of films. Were there any that you didn't take that uh, you regret? No, no. I've been, I've been really lucky. You know, the business has been so good to me. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't really remember what I didn't get or didn't take. And I just really remember the, uh, the offers that I accepted. But I was, you know, really, really lucky. I had some great movies, got to work with some really interesting people, and, um, you know, uh, I just, uh, I don't ever think about stuff that I turned down, because, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing in it for me. With Quick the Duck, we're, we're going to talk to Robin here another second after we're uh, done talking to you and, and wrap up with him. It's available on Amazon and a whole bunch of other places to, to check out. But before we go, I want to talk to you, I want to ask a question we ask of all our guests. Steve Gutenberg, what is your favorite movie of all time? My favorite movie of all time? Well, you know, I've got a few, uh, <laughs> but I would have to say there are two. High Noon. Good. Oh. Yeah. And uh, George Stevens' Shane. Oh, so like Western guy. Yeah, I love Western. Nice. The thing about Westerns I always find interesting is everyone I go to, I'm like, all right, I'll go see this movie. And then when it gets about ten minutes in, I realize... Man, I love westerns, and I kind of forgot <laughs> when I went in. You know, I was like, "Oh, I'll go see that because it's got a cool actor in it." And then I sit down. I'm like, "I just forgot how great these westerns are." Yeah, they really are fun. They really are. Have you been in one? I've never been in a western. No, no. I, I, I think you'd I be would, great in a western. I would love that too, but the equipment I was born with is sort of a modern look. You know, I don't have a, <laughs> you know, a, a timeless look. I have more of a modern. Much. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the new Look, film, you're not that grizzled. You know, we've been watching you for 30 years, and Steve Gutenberg, I'm like, that's Steve Gutenberg. No, Steve Gutenberg still looks good. Yeah, still Steve Gutenberg. You <laughs> never got grizzled, so good on you for that. All right, Steve, yeah. it's been great talking to you. Appreciate you calling into the show. Thanks so much, Paul, and give, give a big hug to Rob for me. <laughs> tell him to have a great interview. He's a talented, wonderful guy. Awesome. We'll do. Multi-talented, we're finding out. So we're going to head back he to sure talking is. to him. Thanks a ton, Steve. Great to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, thanks. Nice to talk to both of you. Wish you all the best. Bye-bye. Thank you. And there you have it, Steve Gutenberg. 
You I'm, loved him in the 80s, didn't oh you? Oh, my God. I mean, who didn't, right? I, well, I loved him in a different way than you guys. He is so freaking dreamy. And here's the thing. His voice is just like I yeah. thought it would be. And in this movie, I know he's playing just, you know, a, a guy who works in a home or whatever. Absolutely adorable. Check it out. If you are a Steve Gutenberg fan, he's very cute. The, the thing is, he's worked steadily for 30 years. I mean, that's any actor's dream. Yeah. I, I love the answer he gave where he said, um, that's not his equipment. Like I think he's so thoughtful. His his choice of words was so great. I wanted to ask him if he was going to be in the Veronica Mars movie because he was <laughs> he did a couple of seasons on Veronica Mars, a great. show I never saw. And I was just talking about this last night with somebody. I said, I hope they make the film for people who've never seen the show because right. I want to go. No, I don't know if he played a character who died or something. Of course, he wouldn't <laughs> be on it. But um, I, I I hope if if that many fans are right in funding self-funding that it's film it's gotta be yeah. good it's gotta be pretty good so I would yeah I would hope that he uh, shows up in it hey he said nice things about you boy you guys are buddies alright well we got a lot of good work done that yeah. day and we hit it off and you know he's about the process you know and so am yeah. I and he and I think he's seen he saw that in me and uh, we had a connection and uh, that's what it's all about when you're working with our other artists mm-hmm. you know if you really think about it if you really work with a real artist that's what they want yeah they want to do the you know, get into it because it's 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 the buzz you get. You know. Yeah. yeah. He now, I, and he a- answered this question: How many do? Oh, it's tough to narrow it down to one favorite film of all time, and that's totally true. I could yeah. g- I give you five or six. I narrowed it down to Raiders <laughs> of a Lost Ark, but I could give you a, a top ten. That's okay. you know, and they're all awesome. But Robin, what's your favorite movie of all time? Here, before we let you go, Cape Fear. Great movie. The original or the Scorsese? Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah. I have to say, that's one of the best updates I think there has ever been. When they made that from the black and white good guy, bad guy film with Robert Mitchum into the more complicated 90s Scorsese film, and they made the lead, Nick Nolte's character, very uh, unlikable, you know, and, and the things he did to, the, to De Niro's character, Max Cady, were nefarious, you know, and so you kind of root for Nolte, but you know that he kind of screwed... De Niro a little bit that makes the whole thing very complicated. And I thought that night was a nice thick script. That's a great choice. Why do you, why do you like it? Why is it why is it, it just, number one? It's a, it's a uh, it's just physically just something to me. <laughs> yeah, it scared the shit you out know? of me. Well, there you go. That's the <laughs> Jessica Lange, De Niro, the way Scorsese the does girl. his thing. You know, and the little the what's her name? Juliette you know? Lewis. Oh my god. You know, Scorsese I, shot the wonderful. shit out of that movie. I saw it when I was you know 20, 20 years old something like that. I didn't know who Scorsese was or anything, but you know, and I'm a huge fan of Nick Nolte as well. Yeah, that's a great movie. All right, well, uh, this has been great talking to you. Oh, hold yeah, up the DVD. Cool. We've got the DVD yes. here. Uh, quick to duck so you know what the uh, what the poster looks like. Uh, a film by Robin oh, Mancho, dysfunctional by nature. <laughs> <laughs> that describes every character in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, so all the places we mentioned, you can get that. Uh, check it out if you get the chance. And we're going to leave with some of Robin's music. And we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with, uh, I think we have one more film to preview this One more. Week. That's right. right. Thanks, Robin. Yeah, very cool, Thank you. dude. And I walked into what this kind of bar. guitar is this? Um, that's a hey, Taylor. That's a Taylor. Taylor, nice. I can sweep the floor. Before we get to our last movie of the week, I want to thank Robin Mountjoy and Steve Gutenberg for appearing on the showcast. Remember, you can follow us on At The Movie Guys on Twitter, look us up on Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, and more. Thanks also to Steve Scholes for his writing contributions to the show every week. Finding out everything we're up to uh, is easy. Just go to themovieguys.net. And we're thrilled to have Jamie Clark Yelvington sitting in the whole show. So uh, why don't you help me preview Carrie? Yeah. 
coming to theaters October 18th is a reimagining of Carrie. Wait a minute, a minute. What the hell does reimagining mean? How can you think up something for the first time that's already been thought up? Oh, I got this. Reimagining, it means remaking a movie, but with better special effects. Oh. Ah. Good news for Dennis Miller. That reference to Carrie is no longer dated, as a newer, fresher Carrie arrives in theaters this Friday. <laughs> Carrie is the remake of the classic 1976 Brian De Palma movie, if you're a film fan, or a retelling of the famous Stephen King novel for you literary types. The trailer starts typically with a creepy mom singing. At first I thought it was the share story until I realized it was about a domineering psychotic mother. But I should clarify that it's not the Dina Lohan story. <laughs> it's about Carrie White. Uh, I went to school with a girl named Carrie White. A young girl abused <laughs> by her classmates at school. Oh, so you were the abuser. Yes. Yeah. Carrie is going through some changes that might be familiar to any girl who Ooh. came of age with superpowers as she develops telekinesis, the ability to move objects with her mind. Whereas most girls at her age just develop the ability to move boys' penises using only their breasts. <laughs> She can cause objects and people to levitate. But this is a horror movie, so she doesn't embark on a 40-year career doing magic shows in Vegas. Instead, she takes her act to prom night. And what would Carrie be without a bucket of blood over the head? The iconic prank from the original returns to the remake, though I hope it's updated so the jocks get in a lot of trouble, because post-Columbine, that's got to mean a trip to the guidance counselor's office. <laughs> I'd hope so. Oh, Steve Holt from Arrested Development plays fake John Travolta. <laughs> Julianne Moore plays the mom with foreshadowing red hair. And <laughs> Chloe Grace Moritz plays Carrie. That's right. The bitchy resting face high school girls decided to pull their prank on is Hit Girl. It's the ultimate revenge fantasy. There you go. Yep. And also probably not a wise idea. You know? No. But that's Hit Girl. Hey, let's it's, go and throw We already know she can kick your Exactly. It's right there in the title. But you bring up a good point, Paul. And when I first saw the first carry, I thought the same thing that I thought when it was mentioned here. I don't think I could get a bucket of blood if I tried, even in L.A., right? I mean, where do you well, go to uh, get well, no, blood? I, I am well aware on this. See, the John yes, Travolta, Jamie? John Travolta um, and the other girl's friend, his, his dad owns a pig farm. So they break oh. into the pig farm in the middle of the night. They slaughter a pig and they drain the blood from the pig into the bucket. That seems like a lot of to trouble to go to. It is a lot of work. It's Stephen King. It's a lot of work. Wow. It's unpleasant. See, it also shows that people living in a city, even though people in the rest of the country think, oh, they're all uncivilized. You go to a small town, you're going to see some crazy shit. Lots of weird stuff goes on because nobody's looking. I love how the plan is a bucket of blood. Step one, slaughter a live pig. Yeah, and you <laughs> that, have that, one. That's pretty much where I would go, you know what, let's find something else. Yeah, but you you aren't from these little towns. They would go and slaughter the pig. I'm going to go with the, water. Do the prom thing and then have a pig roast. Have you seen the uh, the uh, viral video going around about Carrie? Yeah, in the coffee yeah. shop. The coffee shop? That's really that's cool. Good. It is pretty neat. Have you not I, seen it? I have not. They rigged the coffee shop to do all these special effects so when someone comes in and uh, at one point two actors start yelling at each other and one of them's Carrie and she pushes a guy and he flies up against the wall and up and to the ceiling, up the ceiling and she screams and like all the desks and chairs and stuff <gasps> go flying in a hundred different directions and books start flying oh. up the wall so anyone not in on it they got the camera right on them and they're just going Mah! you know making these huge faces <laughs> like what the fuck if you haven't seen it we post it on our Facebook page so you can check it out it's still amazing yeah. to me though because I'm pretty sure I thought about this like if I was walking into that coffee shop and that scene played out I just yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Good job. Like, would. I would think I'd know, but mm -hmm. none of those people. But it's not like they're in New York, I think. Like around uh -huh. people that I 
think yeah, you think would be savvy, but someone well, who goes to a pig farm to drain blood <laughs> for a prom prank <laughs> might not see the wire. Probably like, oh, right? what? <laughs> they have shops with coffee. <laughs> Steve Scholes said that they should. Uh, the again, who writes for the show said they should do a gravity prank like that and just start flinging people from the sky <laughs> and start landing people. But and then you know they land next to you. Whoa, gravity opens <laughs> October fourth. <4th. laughs> Send some, send some pirates with... on a carnival <gasps> cruise. Or the Captain Phillips. They should do that. October no, season. for Captain Phillips, they should send a couple of hot Navy SEALs down here, <laughs> and they could just float into my yard and be like, I'm a Navy SEAL. I'll be like, all right. Has I'll somebody been taken hostage? I will you. <laughs> 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 oh, what a great guy stripper costume. Navy SEAL. Navy Cap- SEAL. Captain Phillips. I'm sure that's done. <laughs> Navy SEAL, not Captain Phillips. I love the Tom Hanks, but... The, uh, the great Michael Gelbart, who was here a couple weeks ago, has a whole routine about how like girls need guys to dress up here comes bob the fireman you know and like with guys it's just here's another naked woman (laughs) (laughs) but you got to be like a yeah cop and a construction guy here's (laughs) janine All right, by now bringing the story of a young girl who's abused by bullies to the 21st century carrie provides a unique platform to discuss bullying with a new generation of kids. This is why we're very happy to ha- that our next guest was able to make an appearance on our show. Oh. Please welcome from the movie, Carrie. It's Carrie, oh everybody. Oh, my God, what a get. Hey, Carrie. This is a... uh, thanks, Paul. Wow. Now, how are you involved with the anti-bullying campaign? I'm the spokesperson, and I'm helping craft a new campaign to be released simultaneously with the documentary, Carrie, being released this week. The, okay, well, so getting all this press for your new movie must be doing wonders for the anti-bullying movement. It's really helpful because when you see the movie, it really bolsters our new slogan, don't bully or I'll kill you with my mind. That Mm. sounds effective. We're also going to build awareness on the internet with the motto, it gets better or I'll set you on fire. Mm. I have to imagine that's going to help make life better for a lot of bullied teens. Mm -hmm. But how has the message changed since the 70s? Well, um, bullies nowadays don't look like John Travolta like in the original Carrie also, bullying has adapted to the times with something called cyberbullying. Ah, see now, how has that changed bullying? Well, bullies are more brave than they when they don't have to insult somebody right to their face. They flourish in anonymity. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, here, I can show you. Uh, Lee, hmm? go ahead and just say something insulting right to Paul's face. Just Ooh. bully him now? Yeah, in person. Okay. okay. You know, Paul, you're a... Uh, that thing that you do is... The shirt, yeah, I, 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 Carrie, I don't think I can actually yeah, like, do that. All right, now watch this. Now send him an insult via your text. No, no, no. Give it a, give it a try. Let me see if I can think of something okay. here. It's interesting stuff, Carrie. I'm pretty impressed. Oh, okay, I'm getting a text. Eat a, oh my God, with your, in your... Lee, that's terrible. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got to be honest, Carrie. That, that, that is a lot easier. Jesus. That's, yeah. Wow. You see? It's a real problem for the youth of today. I want the truth! Oh, wait. I just got a text from Paul. Take a what? My mother... Paul, you don't even know my mom. <clears throat> yeah, but I don't feel as guilty keeping a distance through the phones. But that's, I'd that's like good. to talk a little bit more about our 2013 program and... Okay, again, Lee, what are you doing? Mm, no, that's me. I want to in on it. Oh, Jesus. At two? One or two examples should just be enough to... Right, shove a up your ouch, okay, until you puke up. And the thing is, 
Jesus, Jamie, what the hell is wrong with you? It was super easy to do. She's right. Okay. Like I said, one or two examples of how you can... Uh-oh. Okay, I have a text from Paul now. Mm -hmm. Fold your own... um, Oh, God, until it's all sharp corners. (laughs) And then... Oh, so you can't... Without a... Damn, Paul! Yeah, that's what you get. Oh, well, now this one's from Lee. What did I even do to you? Yeah, read it. Fold my... Oh, okay. Until it's inside out. Mm-hmm. And then... Oh, and then bury yourself in a pile of hay until it grows a cock tree? <laughs> That's what you get for Raz and Paul there. Yeah, you're so, okay, back. so you can all see that it becomes a really vicious cycle. And what parents, I think, really need to know is... What? The hell take a flying... Paul, you've never even seen an elephant's vagina. Well, that is from me, and that's oh. what you get for what you said. Oh, God, who is it now? Pack my <laughs> with bubble wrap and run it through a. No, oh, come on. Yeah, that's that's you know think about that shit next time you pick on Lee. Thanks, Paul. Okay, you guys. Another important aspect of cyberbullying is that you guys. All right. Eat a man meat from a until it okay. Puts the cock in cocktail. Did you make that, Lee? <laughs> Why? Hey, look, I can take care of myself when it comes to Jamie. Okay, no, thanks. All right, yeah, I was trying to get your back. Mm-hmm. Stand on my oh Jesus, and make my shoot until you've earned the name Pistine Chapel. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. <sighs> See, I told you I could take care of myself. Please stop. Oh, okay. What? We're just. Oh, oh hang on. I got one here from here. That... Stick my arm in the hoof and operate him like a puppet who's got a... Here you go, Paul. That's an interesting one. Until my voice echoes when talking near your ass. I'll tell you what, a picture of this. Stop! That's what you both get. I said stop! Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Damn. Okay, the whole place is kind of turning to crap here. Didn't mean to bully you, Okay, Carrie, uh, we apologize if we made you upset or anything. Uh, I didn't even so say sorry. anything about you. Oh my god, everything's levitating. Okay, the earth is opening up. Everybody run! Run, get out of the studio, okay? Just for your own safety. We don't have a real good insurance here. Okay, thanks for listening to the movie, guys, everybody. I've been your host, Paul Preston, individually.